Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of DevOps Unbound. DevOps Unbound is a bi-weekly, or is it semi-weekly? I always forget, Mitchell. But uh, it's every other week show on various topics in DevOps. And, you know, we've been doing this now. Geez, I think we're over two years, Mitchell, on DevOps Unbound. And it's one of my favorite things every other week to do. But really, my favorite thing is maybe once a month or every six weeks, we do a live version of this with a live audience, and the audience drives the questions and the topics. So if you're watching this, you know, recorded, thank you. But you really want to check out the schedule and join us on our next live one as well. I should also mention that DevOps Inbound is sponsored by our good friends at Tricentis, the leaders in continuous testing worldwide. They're a great sponsor to work with. I've, I've said it in the past on other shows. Um, and they've been with us since day one here on DevOps Unbound. So many thanks to the good folks at Tricentis. Uh, let me introduce you to our panel today, and then we'll jump into what our topic is. Starting from the top of my, my uh, screen uh, is the one and only Mike Rothman, who happens to be the GM of TechStrong Research Business Unit, as well as Chief Strategy Officer here at TechStrong. Hey, Mike, welcome. Thank you, Alan. Always great to be here. And again, this I'm not sure if I've been on DevOps Unbound before. In any case, I'm excited to be here for sure. We're excited to have you, man. We're excited. We're excited to have you at TechStrong. We're, we're also excited to have you here on DevOps Unbound. Next up, I want to introduce you to Jonathan Boswell. Jonathan, you've been here before. Welcome. I have. Thank you very much. A little background, maybe? Oh, sure. I'm a product marketing director at Tricentis. I've been about four years. Previous to that, SAP and a bunch of other big tech companies. I've uh, been about 25 years in, in the business, seen all kinds of things, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what crazy things happen next. Absolutely. Next is, well, she needs no introduction if you've watched any of our TechStrong TV shows over the years. She's the host of TechStrong Women. She's a frequent contributor to our panel shows. She's also very involved. Well, I'm going to let her talk about her involvements. Tracy Reagan. Tracy, welcome. Thank you, Alan. Um, it's always fun to be on these panels. I, I actually love doing it. And I agree. I love the live ones, too. I love the chats. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. I've been uh, doing this kind of work for some time. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I am a uh, the CEO of Deploy Hub. I'm on the board of the Open Source Security Foundation as well as uh, Technology Advisory Council for the CD Foundation. Um, I have done many migrations um, in my career, uh, but I haven't had the pleasure of suffering through a full-on cloud migration for an enterprise even though we've done on-prem to cloud migrations in Deploy Hub. So this is an interesting topic and I'm uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely, we're gonna get in there in a second, but I do wanna uh, introduce our last panel member and I always save him for last. He's my co-host. He's been doing this with me since day one and he's our CTO as well as a principal research analyst at the TechStrong Research Group, Mitchell Ashley. Hey, Mitchell. Good to be here. I'm wearing my jacket in honor of our first day snow on the ground here in Colorado. So it's uh, not 85 degrees like Boca where I was earlier this week. So, hey, I was just going to throw in, 
Um, I have done actually a, a pretty large cloud migration. It wasn't for an enterprise, but it was for a SaaS that did 92 million uh, transactions a year going from our own colo into uh, AWS. So it, it was interesting, let me tell you that. <laughs> so, and fun, well, sort of, if you let like. Let me just say that my big migration was from New York down here to Boca about 20 years ago. And um, it is 85 degrees. But, you know, we, we've kind of let the cat out of the bag here on migrations. And that that is the topic of, of today's show, right? The title is Testing Strategies for Cloud Migration Success. And you know, before we can get into testing regarding cloud migrations, I think we got to talk about cloud migration and, and define that. You know, there was a time, you know, Mike's, Mike's old partner at Securos is our friend Rich Mogul. We used to call him the redhead, but there's not as much hair there as there used to be. Who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? But anyway, right, formally, but who am I to talk? Anyway, you know, Rich kind of, for me anyway, coined the term of uh, cloud washing, right? Cloud washing. And it was kind of like this shift and lift kind of thing where you just took what you were doing on-prem and voila, I, I, I installed it in, in, uh, on top of the hypervisor in AWS. Now I'm all about cloud. But that, you know, we quickly found out that, that that's kind of a failed strategy. That, that, that lift and shift doesn't work. That cloud washing doesn't work. Some people used to say, well, that's not cloud native, but now cloud native is a whole separate thing. But in any event, right, there is there a best practices. I don't know if it's more science than art yet, but a best practices has evolved around cloud migrations. Now, it's it's gotten more complicated as we've had multi-cloud and hybrid clouds and, and all of these things and different kinds of clouds. But nevertheless, there is a, there's a little bit of, well, there's more than a little bit of science and more than a little bit of art to cloud, successful cloud migrations. Mitchell, you mentioned you were involved in one. Uh, Jonathan, I'm wondering your, your involvement in any, I mean, SAP, right? They, yeah, SAP definitely, and with Tricentis, I mean, what we, we do is we help people making their cloud migrations. There's a big, you know, a lot of customers are moving, say, from ECC to Esfahan on the cloud, or moving, you know, adopting Oracle Cloud as well, moving their EBS to, you know, to the Oracle Cloud as well. So we see we see a lot of that. We've helped a lot of customers with their cloud migration, and there are some some patterns that emerge, some challenges that are common. Uh, that we can get into, and some solutions also that work as well. Absolutely. Mitch, if you had to say one lesson you learned during your cloud migration with this SaaS product, what would you say was the biggest lesson, the biggest aha? I'd say planning. It, it, it took a lot of preparation to do it, and planning including included a lot of early testing, kind of solving the engineering questions, like how is this going to work, and can we do an A-B transaction flow? How would our database sync work? Do we just push it all up? Do we do what, you know, do, do the Office 365 migration where first time we did it, everybody was down for a day and a half? Or do we like make it work? You know, but it, it was, that was, unfortunately, some other people helped us do the planning. Some people that had gone through it before we didn't try it on our own. I think that was probably my, the second, maybe the first best advice was like, don't go it alone. 
Yeah, I, I want to clarify a couple of things, Alan, right? One is sure. you, you kind of intimated that lift and shift doesn't work. That's not exactly right, right? So lift and shift works. It just doesn't work very well, right? So so you're, you're okay. optimizing. It's costing you way too much money. You're not, you know, kind of, again, leveraging a lot of the capabilities that you have on a cloud platform. So, you know, I don't want to mislead anybody to say that you can't do that because some folks lose their data site or their colo goes down or for whatever financial reasons and they have to lift and shift, they can do it. It's just suboptimal, right? And 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 the thing to piggyback on, on what Mitch had said about planning, um, it, it's really about getting small, right, in order to get big. So you really have to think about it one workload at a time. Right. What am I trying to migrate? Yes, you want to, to Jonathan's point, you want to have design patterns, you want to have, you know, kind of structures, you want to have a set of services that you can, you know, use as you're refactoring some applications. But this idea that you're going to do, you know, 200 applications in the next six months, maybe you'll get there, but you got to start with one. Right. And then you do two and then you get to half a dozen. And then by the time you have a dozen, you've got three or four different design patterns for what those things look like, different processes for how you get there. And then you can start stamping them out because you've built the tool chain, you understand the migration process, and then you can really start, you know, kind of moving much more aggressively. But the first one's going to be brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. And to Mitch's point, if you're not doing a lot of planning and you don't understand what cloud native services you're going to use and you don't, you know, and and you're not really engaging nowadays with service providers that specialize in this migration, you're really sub-optimizing because the reality is you're not the first moving into the cloud. So to not take advantage of people that have done a lot of this already is, you know, bordering on malpractice candidly. I think Sorry, I think ahead, everybody Tracy. wants to take a, a, you know, eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but some companies can't. Uh, some companies have to do with that big lift and shift. Uh, it really depends on how interconnected your applications are. Uh, so getting a plan together obviously is the the first part of that strategy. And in my experience, one of the, some of the mistakes is not having all everybody uh, with skin in the game. If you have to do a massive migration like that, and a lot of companies just do just because of the way their software talks to each other, especially like, you know, the, the financial industry, they, I mean, you know, they have so many pieces that have to work together. They can't just take one application at a time. They have to take a few dozen at the same time. We, you have to get the team really set up. You have to have uh, the developers acknowledging that this is happening. You have to have your DevOps teams ready for it. You have to have your QA, your database, your DBAs. Don't forget about that. And your end users. Uh, you need to have a group of end users that you are going to rely on to say, you're, you're going to be first. We're going to roll you guys out first when we do this massive shift. So each of those organizations have to have their own strategy. You have to break it out so that each one of those organizations understand what they have to do. Developers understand they have to be on call. They're not going to do a new release for a few weeks. <laughs> uh, DBAs have to have a strategy. That was a very devious laugh, Tracy. Right? <laughs> okay. I know. I know. It's like, we can sneak this in right before the last minute. <laughs> I'll get your little dog, too. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And DBA, the DBAs, the, the schemas and the data is probably the most critical part. 
And tooling around that, you know, a, a lot of companies, they think that they can do this with just manual uh, intervention, but don't worry, spend the money on the tooling, even if it's just used for this one migration, use it, especially around uh, data schemas and the data and how to track and compare, do your metrics, get your metrics together and compare that. Um, it, you don't have to do this much work if you're doing it one byte at a time, but if you do have to have do that lift and shift, you really have to spend the time to build out strategies for each team and really start thinking about the metrics and get your DBAs involved in a big time serious way. Sounds like lessons learned from many migrations, cloud or not, right? Tracy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone said to me in the process, at the beginning of the process said, but you, just a uh, cultural reference. You remember in the Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood driving the Crown Vic police cruiser? They said, if you're starting with a Crown Vic today, you'll have a Crown Vic in the cloud too. Just remember, it's still a Crown Vic when you get there. So it, it's not like it's magic and all of a sudden you're, you know, everything's good and golden and rosy. It's still the app that you had before. So I, I think one of the things to, to think about is what is the compelling event that is causing you to go to the cloud? Why are you doing it? In my case, it was, we have to, we, we need to do a hardware refresh in 12 to 16 months. And I was budgeting for that. Like, okay, are we going to have the money to do this? Or do we want that cash for something else and go to a, you know, services kind of payment model. And that was our motivation. So it required getting everything up there. So we had to kind of move the crown Vic and then start working on it in the cloud and do that preparation. But it behaved very differently in the cloud than it did in our own offsite data center. I mean, these are servers and data store stuff we didn't control and didn't know what to expect. So we had to really do a lot of testing up front. Yeah, Mitch, I want to uh, take a little bit of an issue with that Crown Vic because what a lot of our customers are doing is if, if you're looking at ERP modernization, for example, you're taking your old Crown Vic that you've been tinkering and working on for probably the last 20 years and essentially, when you're moving to the cloud, if you're moving to Esfahan, you're trading it in. You're buying a whole new car, a McLaren, or whatever it is, you know, whatever the, the example you want to use. And so it's not the same old workload, just in the cloud. You're actually doing a lot of redesign, potentially, of your business processes and, and, and you know, everything uh, to take advantage, as we were talking about earlier, of the advantage of the cloud. You don't want to just do that lift and ship. You don't want to put your crown big. In the cloud, you want to, you know, get in there and and in some cases have a whole new, if not if not greenfield, something close to it, you know, a whole new whole new um, implementation in the cloud, whole whole new business way of doing business in the cloud, and that brings me back to the planning phase, because you can talk about the you know what's required to technically move, you know, your workloads to the cloud, but from the business planning point of view. You know, what are all these customizations that we've made to our SAP systems anymore? Are those now, some of them are, a lot of them actually are going to be now standard in S4HANA, for example. So you don't want to bring that code over. You don't, you know, you have to do a lot of planning um, in order to figure out what business is going to look like in this, in this cloud. You know, how am I going to drive the new car, you know, when I'm used to driving the Crown Vic? You know, yeah, that's, that's what I did wrong. Okay. Saying, going back to that planning phase. And well, it's because you Jonathan try to live your life, life like Jake and Elwood. That's the problem. But, <laughs> um, it's but, dark. No, the penguin you know, sentence. Speaking of cars, <laughs> <though>. God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Speaking. This is going south, guys. I got to grab hold of this. Uh, so 
you know, speaking of cars, though, I remember being at an IBM Think or whatever it was before it was called Think Conference, probably in Las Vegas, five, six, seven years ago. And they had the, uh, I think it was the CIO of Hertz, who at the time had just opened up a huge facility data center in the, on the west coast of Florida, near Bonita Springs, somewhere right, Estero, or Estero, something like that. It's near Naples and Bonita Springs. And they, they made a decision to move to the cloud. It was the most radical cloud migration I ever saw. They migrated nothing. They just built greenfield new applications in the cloud. And as soon as they were up, they just shut the on-prem ones off. That CIO got fired. No kidding. He got fired within the year. But I, I always admired his gumption. Or I don't want to use another word, you know, you know, he, you want to talk about running head, you know, Will, Will Palmer, I'm going to show my age, Will Palmer from F Troop, right? <laughs> running right ahead along into the, into the charge here. I mean, you want to talk about cloud, right? Look, he didn't worry about testing. He didn't worry about what was migrating. He just, you know, turned one off to the other. So there, there is, you know, to Mike, to your point about lift and ship being, being suboptimal, there are other suboptimal kind of things. But, you know, here's the fact. For a long time, the word on the street, or the real, you know, the real word was, yeah, there's stuff running in the cloud. How much of it's mission critical? How much did companies like SAP, how much did large enterprises really migrate to the cloud that they couldn't afford to go down, right? And, they, and maybe this is the reason why they didn't, right? Migrating to the cloud was, you know, about managing risk. And, and that, and that, you know, that, that's a true statement. Um, have we overcome that now? Have, has, have best, pre you know, we went through this in DevOps, right? I'm one of the founders of DevOps Institute. We all, Tracy's worked with them. You know, we went through a period in DevOps Institute where we didn't want to use the word best practices. We called them evolving practices because there really wasn't best practices yet. Have we gotten to a... Yeah, yeah, because they weren't fully evolved. Have we gotten to best practices in cloud migration? And if so, what role does testing play in it? I, I think we have. I think um, there are a, a good set of uh, evolving practices. Um, for example, uh, in some of the early migrations, uh, some of the folks that I would talk to as they suffered through this, one of their bigger problems was that doing a proper application um, security audit, because what happens is when you do these migrations, you like to turn off a lot of security because it sure makes it a lot easier to get through it. Um, but then you forget to turn back on that security at the application level at many of these different levels. And I, I believe that we've learned the lesson and there are there's, you know, there's a more a better understanding that that security, that application security audit really has to happen before you can um, really turn off the others, the other on-premise. Uh, so I believe that there, there, there has been, and like I was talking about earlier, this, the schema and the data, I think there's some really evolving practices around 
how to migrate and move the schemas over. There's tooling uh, for it. And we've gotten better at doing the metrics testing. Um, the better we have testing on the on-prem, we can shift that over to the cloud and we can do those comparisons. So I think that the, 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 the practice uh, we have evolved and there are really clear standard practices that companies understand they have to go through. Yeah, I, overall from a conceptual point of view, um, not thinking of testing as the last thing you do, but think of it as one of the first things you need to plan for. A uh, colleague of mine likes to talk about cloud migrations um, as equivalent to skydiving. You don't want to wait till you're midair to make sure your parachute's going to work, right? You want to make sure that you plan for it, that you understand what's going to go on. Um, and what we're actually um, encouraging people to do and building this into the essential or best practices uh, for SAP and Oracle, these big ERP migrations, um, is to make sure that you're testing, you're, you're including testing, you're planning for testing in those earliest planning stages. Uh, otherwise, if you wait to think about how we're going to test this, you're going to run into delays, you're going to run into overruns, and you know you may fail, like splat at the end, and, and, and nobody wants that. But uh, so, you know, again, uh, the real you know, critical thing is to think about how you're going to be testing, what needs to be tested, what's going to be different about your testing. As Tracy was saying, you do your baseline for performance on your on-prem to make sure that you're not getting worse. You know, there's all these things you need to start thinking about early as you, at, at earlier in the planning, page, planning stages than maybe you're used to in, in a typical release where you wait and you, and you do testing at the end. It, it's pretty much flipped. Uh, when you're talking about these cloud migration. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to factor in is that you have a lot of different components that you're thinking about, especially as you move to the cloud. Some of them will be native services from your cloud provider. Some of them will be third-party services that you integrate in that you'd access via APIs. And all of those linkages and integration points need to be exercised. Right. Yeah. And not just from a functionality standpoint, right, but also from a scalability standpoint, because mm -hmm. one of the advantages of refactoring, one of the, you know, kind of ideas behind auto scaling and, you know, kind of orchestrating and automating, you know, all of these things is that we can have the infrastructure that our application needs at the scale that it needs at the time that it needs it, right? And that means we've got to test all those different scenarios. So it's not just a, hey, is it up? Hey, when we throw a boatload of traffic at it, does it keel over? It's how does it scale up? How does it contract? How does it integrate all these other services in there? How do I make sure that I've got visibility across the entire environment? You know, one of the things Mitch and I, and he's, Mitch has been very patient in schooling me, right? I'm, I'm an old SIM guy from the security world and he's using terms like tracing. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. And he's like, no, no, no. You know, it's like, you got all these microservices. You got to trace how they're working together. And, you know, I'm like, dude, you're like talking a different language to me it's right not now. It's like, doesn't it all go into one database and, 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 and all that? Uh, but you, you have to actually have that instrumentation as you're moving these workloads into the cloud or, or, or you're dead meat. Right. So that's just the testing side of it. The one, the other thing I want to add is the importance of taking a programmatic approach 
to this. It's not the first one you're going to do, right? Your typical, even medium-sized enterprise has hundreds of applications that they're going to want to replatform at some point. This thing has to be, if you're not thinking about it as an ongoing thing that you're going to do, not once, not twice, but a hundred times, right? And what are the things that I need to put in place to ensure that the hundredth time basically works by itself, you're doing it wrong, right? Because this is going to be an ongoing thing that you have to deal with at all times. Yeah, uh, just to add on to that, not only are the migrations going to be going adding on, but once you're in the cloud, the updates are going to be ongoing. One of the big challenges for uh, enterprises with you know these legacy ERP systems is that you know if you're on-prem, you can choose when you want to update. You can choose how you update. Uh, on the cloud, now you're on someone else's time schedule. It's typically quarterly, you know, Oracle, SAP. All your big ERP providers are, are providing you know at least it's quarterly, so you got to have your testing processes in place to be able to keep up with that accelerated pace, right? So to get back to what you're saying, have learning these best practices now, you know, take transforming your testing capabilities to be able to keep up with this pace will not only help you in your first migration through your hundredth migration, but all the, you know, all the work that comes afterwards that to keep those things up to date. I'm gonna highlight something that John, I'm sorry, Alan, but I wanna highlight something that Jonathan said earlier. He said, "Be watch for what your what testing is different." Um, I think that is a that's a little tidbit he snuck in there that's super critical. And the two areas that you should be looking at where your testing is different is your load and your pen testing. Um, when you when you shift to the cloud, uh, your load testing and your pen testing are going to be very different from what it looked like on prem. Just wanted to highlight sure. that. Yeah, no, I thanks, Tracy. I think you're 100% right. I think there are others, obviously. You know, I mean, the idea with cloud infrastructure as a service is you, you're relying on the cloud provider for their infrastructure, right? So you're not, you know, you may not be as worried about sort of infrastructure tests, though you want to make sure you have capacity, but that, that's the nature of cloud. But here, here's what I think what I'm hearing though today, folks, and that is, look, this is a hard enough problem to get your head around. And But we have, we've made a lot of progress. Now we start adding in things though, like multi-cloud, hybrid. I'm not, a, I'm not lifting the whole app. I'm just putting my database up there. Or, and let me, let me throw another one we, we mentioned a little bit. Let's go to a microservices architecture while we're at it. What the heck? Right? My head's going to explode. What? <laughs> no, sorry, don't do that at the same don't, time. Don't do that. Don't do that's that. that guy don't up in develop it. Don't do microservices. <laughs> no, but that, that's, that's the real world, right? These are real world things that we deal with. And, you know, it's hard. You know, I'm a fan of microservices. I'm just saying, I don't know. do that at the same time. Yeah. You know, if you have, you know, put everything in a container, your monolithics in a container, get it all working, and then think about decoupling and think about a, you know, domain strategy. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, especially when you're thinking about these hybrid environments, everybody has, still has the mainframe. Most, most organizations we talk to still do stuff on the mainframe. So that's always going to be there. And it's going to be connected to your new uh, cloud environment. Have fun with it. Um, nobody's going to just put all this out in production day one. This is going to be something that's initially built in a big, giant test environment. So have game days. 
have game days, break things. Don't be afraid of breaking things because the more you, you practice, the more confident your teams will be. Um, we talked about confidence. I'm going to plug Tech Strong Women. We just did a, um, a, a interview with uh, Nora Jones from Jelly, and she's into chaos engineering. She talked about how chaos engineering, there was a, a, an adoption problem because of the confidence level. You know, you don't want to break things if you don't know if you can fix it. If you can get your team super confident in the in your test environment and have some game days, then when you go to do your, your production migration, everybody's going to be much better prepared and understand that if something does break, they understand and have the tools to fix it and get it up and running again. So you might protect your CIO's job if they do turn off the on-prem because you're prepared, your team's prepared and they're confident. So game days are, you know, I don't see people uh, adding that as part of their testing strategy, but I think game days are a really good way of getting the team ready for it when you, when you do make that switch. You know, confidence that's just to, to, to build off that, that's such an, such an important, um, you know, trade and it's such, such an important thing to have. Uh, and we, and it goes on to what we we're talking about before, uh, Mike was talking about, you know, the first to the hundredth time, you're going to be doing this a lot and you're going to be doing this, you know, you know, testing forever. Um, but especially if you're a, a big enterprise company where maybe you're used to testing, you're doing a lot of manual testing, right? The thing about your cloud migration and going forward is that you're going to need to be automated. You got to be doing perhaps a lot more automation on your testing than you, you've been currently on-prem. And so how do you get confident in that? You start now, start early, start building uh, so that as you're ready to go, you you know, you know, if you need new tools, if you need new practices, you're getting that experience now so that when it's time to go, uh, you do have that confidence to know that, you know, your testing will be successful. You will be uh, addressing the risks that, that you're not trying to do too many new things all at once, right? You're, you're starting to master some of the skills and the techniques and the tools that you'll need to be successful in your cloud migration and, and beyond. So starting that early uh, is a huge step towards building that confidence. And one of the things that I, I would add to this is, <clears throat> I always think of, I think I mentioned engineering points earlier. Every every app, every infrastructure, every kind of technology sort of has those things that we know that it's hypersensitive to login time. It's very sensitive to latency in these kind of environments. It's very sensitive to whatever for our apps, right? And so you design, you engineer the architecture application knowing that those are constraints that you're gonna to need to work with. And for me, those are the exact things that I wanna test first up in the cloud. Like I don't need to move the whole app and test all the whole app. I wanna go up and test okay, is my identity management and authentication, all that happen quickly because I may be doing machine-to-machine -machine identity authentication. It's got to happen very quickly. Um, and what can I expect? What do I, which, well, how does it behave? And what do I need to know about it when I move my app fully up there? So those kind of design points or those engineering points, I think are the, some of the most important things to test doesn't have to be first, but at least in parallel with your testing functionality and performance and the other things kind of ultimately performance doesn't matter if the critical things don't perform well, because the rest of it won't anyway. And that, 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 and I'm, I'll get back to some. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just saying, I'm, I wanted to, you know, again, bring it back around to a, to a point I think I made, you know, when we first started, you know, the discussion, right? 
there are people that know how to do this. So, you know, and there's the whole penny wise, pound foolish thing. And again, there are going to be a bunch of shysters out there too. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing your homework about whatever service provider you have, you know, coming in to do this. But there are folks, there are playbooks, there are, you, you know, kind of tooling kits. There are all this stuff exists. And if you're sitting there, you know, going to learn in the school of hard knocks, right? You're an idiot. I mean, it's, I, I can't and say it right. any, any other way. No, you're going to pay idiot taxes. That's exactly <laughs> what you're going to do. Um, no, you see that. Speaking of this, Jonathan, so look, you are from Tricentis, so I got to put you on the spot. Does Tricentis have a specific cloud migration kind of testing recommend recommendation, group of tests, product line? What what, where can we get help from Tricentis here? Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah, so we do have, yeah, and depending on you know what you're migrating, we might have a different set of tools, right? The idea is that not one tool is going to fit all, all, all use cases. But we do have end-to-end -end continuous testing with Tricentis Tosca, which uh, lets you take your, what your, your, on, your current on-premise and make sure that um, you can use the same test cases as you're moving forward into the cloud. Um, that's a coalesce automation, so less technical debt, less technical maintenance required to, to create and upkeep those. We've got performance testing tools. And with your with SAP, we have an impact analysis tool, change intelligence tool called Live Compare, which is actually really helpful in S4 HANA cloud migrations because it can tell you exactly what you have now, what's changing, and what you need to test. So really um, we work closely with S with SAP. Uh, also on their roadmaps to for, for their RISE programs and their uh, S4HANA cloud migrations. And we're building in the best practices that we've learned from our customers, and that SAP has learned, and how to fit these tools in at the right times uh, in, in order to make sure, you know, again, that no one's paying that idiot tax. We've, we've seen enough migrations by now to know, you know, what to do and what not to do. And so building those into the actual methodology that SAP recommends is a is a project that's ongoing now, uh, so that we can help everybody have have the most successful migration possible. Fair. Just go to tricentis.com and look for that. Okay, fair enough, guys. We're all, we're almost out of time here. Um, first of all, thank thank you, Tracy, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you here, and thank you. Well, now, Jonathan, thank you. Mitchell, Mike, thank you. Special thanks to Tricentis, as always, for sponsoring DevOps Unbound. You know, Mitch, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna let you take the last word. I think we hit on a lot of great learnings. You know, we said best practices, probably learnings is as valuable as the best practices and leveraging that from uh, a partner that can help you, whether it's technology, like a testing, uh, cloud-friendly testing, as well as on-prem testing to someone that can help you estimate your costs, which, which you think you're going to, what your environment's going to, going to cost you moving to the cloud as you migrate in pieces or in whole. So I, I think there's so much information and so much more expertise available now that I would leverage, uh, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants. Don't try to build a new giant. And I think you'll get a lot, a lot farther faster. Great. I think all those partners who claim to be gold and platinum partners of the various cloud providers, there's a reason why they're gold and platinum. And, and 
you know, the whole idiot tax thing is the, it's a key takeaway here, man. I, this is not something, at this stage of, of where the market is, there's no reason to be doing this yourself. There's just no reason. Anyway, thank you all. Thank you for watching. We'll see you soon on another DevOps Unbound. And until then, this is Alan Schimmel for TechStrong TV. Take care. Mm -hmm.